0: Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Wednesday Night Live. My name is Ron Crawford. For those of you who don't recognize my voice, I'm the pastor of the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas, and I am grateful to be able to say hello to my congregation in anticipation of our study in the Word. But it is always such a blessing to be able to say hello to our Saints Network family who are Positioned by the Heavenly Father in so many places around the world, we welcome you and we value you. and we speak blessing over you. I know that some have really been facing opposition. Well yeah, we always face opposition. I mean, I can't remember a time where there hasn't been some measure of opposition that comes against the walk in the Lord. It doesn't mean you have to be despairing or bitter. But you have to be aware. Um, but in some instances, there are members of our saints' family that are really facing obstacles intent upon keeping them and, in, as some pastors and their people, from moving forward. I received uh, some communication yesterday regarding a uh, a church where we uh, have had many, many wonderful times of ministry in Western Europe. And the pastor communicated that his people were worn out and that they were entering into perhaps some doubt concerning what God was wanting for them. And he interpreted that as being a um an enemy opposition poised to try to stop breakthrough that the Lord had for them. And, of course, um, we know that that is a true assessment, and we're praying for not only him but for his church and for his nation. But I know that, you know, to quote our founding fathers, we hold certain truths to be self-evident, God has positioned his saints for amazing advancement on behalf of the kingdom. It's not a subjective thing. This is truly objective in what the Lord has in store for us. And um, as is so often the case in life, prior to a great measure of advance. There is opposition, just like the little chicken has to peck through the egg shell to come out. Um, and, but in a much larger way. I I believe that if, if I look back on certain things that we have believed God for, that I have believed God for, and uh, especially on this pathway of becoming saints, I recognize that there were some to me, personally, terrible moments. But in the midst of those, there were great measures of blessing and encouragement. And there was a stepping stone into a new horizon of grace. In fact, I can't remember a time when promotion for me, or really for this ministry here, was not met by a defined opposition that um, that intended to keep us from moving forward. Now, I'm not welcoming that. I'm not proclaiming that. I'm not declaring it to be so. I'm not saying these things and because I'm saying them, they wouldn't happen if I hadn't said them, and uh, because I said them, now these things are going to come. That's ludicrous thinking. Sometimes you have to understand the times and seasons, and you have to recognize with that understanding, not just a foretelling, not just a clarification, but an awareness of what should be expected. I could give illustration after illustration of this. I remember when I, I first came here to Dallas, which was really the furthest thing from my mind as a boy from Pennsylvania being trained in Missouri. And um, we were searching for where the Lord wanted us to minister. And when there was an opening here, obviously, to work with youth, I applied a couple of times and was told there were no openings. But then I was encouraged to apply again. And that opened a door. I remember when I became pastor here, 29 years old, following somebody who'd been here for 34 years, who had been very close to me but as soon as I was elected it's like Mr. Hyde came out of the closet and I remember having board meetings that were just those early months where we should have been celebrating looking forward to what God was wanting to do just having knock down drag out meetings that went on well after 10 where it was like the Civil War And and this was just at the very beginning. I hadn't even done anything wrong yet. I hadn't told any jokes yet. But that then set the stage for the breakthrough that now 35 years later, my wife and I, my family have enjoyed and I think that the Lord has blessed this house. Not because of me, but because of God's plan. I remember when we were seeking after God you know uh, if, uh, that summer of fasting in 1996, and I talk about being hungry and wanting more, and things were well, but the inner challenges in the spirit were were not pleasant for for me. I I, I was really miserable, even though I didn't communicate it, and that was a a, a measure of hunger for the Lord. Sometimes you can be hungry, and that hunger creates misery within you. But then the breakthrough came, and then we're following the path of the Lord. Great blessing. People are being imparted and impacted, Uh, and uh, then a horrible opposition happened. I remember then when the denomination came against us and made lots of threats. That was a time where God was about to open the door to the nations within months. We knew about Africa. We were planning for that. But Europe was not on our registry, even though we had planned to do some activations in the southern parts of Europe and in London, which isn't Europe. But anyway, but then after one of the worst things... Set of things that I personally experienced and that this church experienced. God brought breakthrough, and suddenly all of that went away, except for the memory. And and to understand the times, especially in front of breakthrough, you you have to keep what God what you know that God has said. Sometimes people say, "Well, I just can't hear from God." What they're really asking for is, I want to know all the details. Well, God's stingy about those. Otherwise, there'd be no walk of faith. So you have to keep what God has ultimately said that you know at the forefront. And then, in the midst of whatever challenges may be coming against you, you have to look for the handfuls on purpose. That's um, Ruth, book of Ruth talk for you. And you have to look for them that our kinsman, redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ has left for us all around, a Boaz, as it were. And there are signs around you that if you'll look for them, you'll see them. Sometimes we only focus on the opposition, and then that makes a way for doubt and bitterness and fear and lots of other nonsense that is just kind of hanging around seeking what they may devour. But we've got to hold on to hope. We've got to hold on to the joy set before us, that picture of whether we have it in full clarity or not, of what God is going to do, what he's promised. Now, we recognize eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any person, the glorious things that God has reserved for those who love him. All things work together for good to those who are uh, walking in the love of God and are called according to his purpose. We have to trust that. No matter what may be happening in the natural, what kind of flack may be going up right now, and, and we, need to, we need to really look on the bright side in the midst of whatever challenges are here. So, yeah, the enemy comes in one way. We need to look to him fleeing in seven. And we need to look for what is he specifically coming against, because that could be a clue of an area we need to be gaining strength in from the Lord, and perhaps even pinpointing what he is most concerned about our stepping into. Um, Sometimes the opposition gives us a clue of victories that will be manifested through an anointing that God is inspiring within us, and that is under attack, particularly. So, I didn't intend to bring this broadcast Uh, Into its beginnings in this way. However, I feel that God wants to encourage you. Breakthrough is ahead. Advancement in the Lord according to His divine timetable is ahead. Now, I want us to consider a passage of Scripture that we've looked at many times in the past. But as is so often the case, the breath of God's spirit breathes out new life, new insight, new understandings in the living word as Ramus. if we will just open our hearts to hear them. Daniel 7, verse 25, and we want to, after we read this, consider two factors here that we need to embrace for the terrain in which we're walking right now. Daniel 7, verse 25. This is speaking about the opposition. Um, actually, verse 3. Actually, let's, let's just look at this. Verse 22. The Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. The time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Now, there are so many people who think this has already happened. So many people who think that this is far off in the sweet by and by. I think that it's really, I don't want to be um, (laughs) pretentious, but I think that this is talking about a time that we're in, and I'm not going to get bogged down in eschatology. There are two factors that I know are very clear for us in what we're going to read and we need to start applying them. Stop trying to figure everything out and looking at our charts and listen to prognosticators. But God, the one whose control over all things, has given judgment. He's given His eternal directive to the saints. And why is that happening? Because Part of what the saints pray in their Haggaios identity is for the eternal will of God to be done. So judgment is the application of the eternal will of God. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Or for the saints to enter into that possessing of the kingdom. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth which shall be diverse... From all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, shall tread it down, and break it in pieces. The ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Hmm. Now, Before you get out your charts and all of your scrolls and you get your map out of the world and you try try to figure out who these ten kings are, I just want to maybe say something here and then we're going to move on to what the idea of the day is. Out of all the influences in the world today, which is the most diverse of all of them? Which means, which is so much different from anything that modern society would know? You know, if you have diverseness, that means that it's different from what you know. Now, for me, I would have to say that, our, that it is our friends over in China. But that's just me. Having traveled there and prayed there, I, their culture is totally different than anything the Western world knows, and even Islam, which is more tied into the West than we realize. It's even more diverse than the Russians. And their goal is to devour the earth. They have made that as their statement. Read about it. They live by that. This is their manifesto. They have set dates to become the great world power. Even now, they are their influence is everywhere. I remember when we ministered in Ghana, and I pray for those saints in Ghana. I don't remember any nation in Africa that openly received and applied the message of the saints and intercession like that nation did. The people loved America. I know Stevie Wonder just moved there because he said he was afraid for his life here in, in America. I think little Stevie should stop listening to CNN and MSNBC and start counting his blessings because he moved into a country that loves America. However, the Chinese have made great strides, and they were making great strides then. Several of the people in the church that we was our home base had businesses and they had been brought over to Beijing at the CCP's uh, um, checkbook, They, they went over there. China was investing, making deals with tribal kings. We saw recently that two of our warships patrolling in the Pacific were denied entry into the solomon islands you remember that you historians from world war ii i know one of our dear brothers who since passed on his son is still in this church uh, ken stewart he he fought and uh, gave his service there in the pacific but those battles that we bled and died for now that one group of country uh, islands is aligning with the chinese and resisted our navy to come into their port can you imagine such a thing so uh, to me looking at what's happening i remember when we were growing up and we heard prophecy sermons you know in timey prophecy services all the time and of course the great power from the east was always those darn russians Dern, that's a Pentecostal swear word. It's, it's not so much as bad as dang, but it doesn't go as bad as those heathen. Well, who's further to the east? China, as our beloved past president used to pronounce it. I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but when you talk about diversity... And you talk about being just diverse, I'm telling you, it's a a mysterious ancient kingdom. And I I also know from seeing in their shrines and studying about it before I went over there, their grasp historically of um, evil and their grasp of having in their mythology, which is probably closer to what actually happened and what the West says, that there were seven great evil ones who rebelled against the one God. And uh, their talk about dragons and the warfare honed from that understanding, very interesting. But I do see that, um, you know, Google studying how to track people from China and helping the Chinese to track people better. We're so reliant on them, you know, this turn toward electrical vehicles and uh, all the the solar power and all the other things. Most of that is made in China. And once we convert over to that, the government is going to have complete control over how we heat our homes, how we cook, how we travel, how we drive. And I'm not doom and gloom here, but you just look around you, uh, you know. And Christians are mocked openly now. They're denigrated uh, in so many ways. They're viewed as, you know. Our current president said that anybody who has a viewpoint that is more conservative or Christian in in view, this is you re-listen about it. He didn't say that. Well, yes, he did. We're semi-fascists, and of course, once you brand somebody as being evil, then all gloves are off. You've got to eliminate evil, like that old thing. If you could go back in time and assassinate Hitler before he came to power, would you do it? Well, first of all, you can't do that, but people opine about how they'd have done anything to kill Hitler, and you know, everything was on the table. Well, now society, Christians are, are really being in many ways, um, blacklisted. And I, I was working out the other day and I just, you know, usually I watch history programs when I'm working out. Um, that's just me, but I, I pulled up an app that i watch a lot of things on and there was a community comedian that has since died that was really popular when i was a in high school and one of his last comedic routines before he died and the first 10 minutes of it and i had finally turned it off because i couldn't stand it anymore He was talking about modern society and then he said most of our problems right now are caused by those blank Christians. She said, I hate those Christians, he said. And the whole place erupted in cheers, clappings. Well, this guy's dead now. I'm sure he's really uh, enjoying those words that he said. But I was stunned by that. I was stunned by that. It just... It just shook me. And I realized that we need to recognize that even though these are the best of times, the, the, the Father is moving with us, we are, we are partnering with him as intercessors and as saints. We recognize over and over again that the things that are written in the eschatological literature of the scripture are being played out in front of us. And we need to understand the things that we can understand now and put those practices of faith and prayer and belief in place because that will strengthen us for the field of service that the Father has put us in. And so you can take or leave what you what I just said about the possibility of China. But if if you think Russia is our greatest enemy, you're nuts. I mean, China is our greatest opposition right now, and they have openly persecuted Christians. They have openly enslaved, and I mean that literally, anyone who, who is in any religion you know, We talk about the Uyghurs, that offshoot of Islam, and that is truly horrific, what, what they've done to those people. But they, they did probably, without concentration camps, similarly bad things to Christian leaders. We have testimonies of that, but the millions and millions who Mao killed, a good portion of those, a significant portion of those, were Christians. When I when I went uh, as on behalf of uh, something that my wife's employer in the airline industry made available, it was hosted by uh, uh, a Chinese airline, and um, I had to apply multiple times. Why? Because I'm a pastor. They didn't want me in their country. In fact, the only way that I got in was... There was pressure exerted from a major airline here in the United States to say, look, this is a key assistant to our attendance, and this is the spouse. You've got to let them in. And they let me in. But what they did was, I had a visa that expired a day after I was supposed to leave. Thank God there wasn't any equipment failure on the plane. There is restriction and we were able to sew materials into China before Hong Kong fell, I don't really know what's happening there. But um, if you think that this great, with all apologies to the Biden family, this great giant that's growing on the other side of the sea, of the Pacific, is our buddy. Think again, think again. So that's not racist. That's not China bashing. The scripture says diverse from any other kingdom. I don't know how this is going to play out and and I'm not even going to hazard a guess. But what I am going to talk about today are two factors in a well-known verse, verse 25. You cannot separate this from the context. You just can't. Whoever this power is, He's going to speak great words against the Most High. Remember what the Most High represents in the economy of God's names? Elion speaks about the high places. Key points in any kingdom. Abram was identified by Melchizedek, the king of righteousness. The king of peace, um, as being friend of the Most High God, possessor, someone that was partnering with God in God's jealousy for the high places. These are all teachings we've had, but here, this enemy influence, which is probably human, is is just ridiculing and speaking against God and against God's um, claiming of the kingdom, which just a few verses later, uh, before, says that uh, the saints are possessing this kingdom. So the battle's on. And this influence will... Wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until the time and times and the dividing of time. Now, we're not going to get into timing here. That's there. We've talked about this, which three and a half years is what most pundits will say this represents but remember, in Revelation, we saw that those were units of Kairos, and these times um, are a bit different than what we would think. But again, we're not going to mess with that right now. The wearing out and the changing of the times and laws is what we have to. We have to focus on and gird ourselves up in. Uh, The first thing is he wants to think to change the times. Now, this, well, no, let's talk about wearing out the saints first. This is a Persian word wearing out, bilah, which is uh, only used here, but it, I believe, very strongly found its way into um, either from the Hebrew or heavily influenced the Hebrew, because this is so similar, etymologically, to Belial, the Belial influence, which, remember when we did the study about the Antichrist many years ago, and we compared the warnings and the instructions as to how to deal with Belial, and we laid them beside what the Scripture says about Antichrist, and we saw that they were so very similar. Belial wants to wear you down. The Antichrist wants to wear you down. The Antichrist is against not only Christ, but those who are supposed to be Christ-like Christian and truly, not just in name only, truly those that are Spending time before the Heavenly Father, um, accepting their identity from Him, being willing to receive the commission from Him as sons, and to go forth as anointed ones, representing that calling to do that work. Satan is against that. The Antichrist is against that. It despises that, just like the Belial influence would pop up and do despicable things. And, you know, right before David was going to be anointed as king, there was that went-to-the-enemy-camp moment, and the enemy came and stole so many things from David and his warriors, and the Belial men were right there, and they said, let's stone him. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, According to God's plan, that's really a key to how you overcome the Antichrist influence and, and or the Belial influence. It tries to wear you down, wear you out. You must keep yourself encouraged, as we said earlier, in the objective that the Father has, even though you may not understand all of it, you know enough to know this is what God has said. This is what is going to happen. And you need to encourage yourself in accordance with that plan. Look for the highlights. Look to the joy set before you. It's up to you. If you spend all your time binding, rebuking, casting out, declaring, and decreeing that these oppositions go away, If God's ordained their right to attack before breakthrough, you're wasting your lips and what comes out of them. The key to victory in those moments when there is a determined effort to wear you out before a breakthrough is to encourage yourself in the plan of the Lord to remember what God has said to look to the joy that is set before you and to be faithful in the things that you know you're supposed to be doing. In the end, when we stand before God, God's going to speak to those who are good, committed to the purpose of God, and faithful servants enter in the joy of the Lord. That thing you've been looking at all this time. Enter in. So this is our point of resistance, stability, and vibrancy. We have to know that You know, what are wearing outs come? How do wearing outs come? Well, the list goes on. Sometimes it's a physical challenge that comes to you or to your family. Sometimes it is a set of circumstances that you don't understand. Sometimes it's just you being weary and well-doing what you're told not to do. Um, and you become discouraged, and you stop doing the things that strengthen you, um, looking for the good thing, remembering what God has promised, remembering who you are in the Lord and what he's called you to be, uh, doing the things you know to be doing, praying, uh, spending time in the word, staying current with the fresh meat that comes in Mnemonicos, circles and bit by bit the enemy causes you or will attempt to cause you to stop doing those and then you become weak and then you begin to doubt the lord and then you need to begin you begin to give up and then pretty soon grace yields to bitterness and you defile yourself and many so the enemy will try to use Things that you just don't understand to wear you down. But what really is he wearing down? What you know to be true. What you know God has said. What you know he's called you to be. What you know he's called you to do. And to wear down, to make thin, to make threadbare, means that you used to be thick in certain ways and strong and resilient, but bit by bit, you've become really thin so that you can be passed through. Life will either make you bitter or better. Life will either make you defeated or victorious. The choice is yours, really, before the Lord. Now, I'm speaking to saints who aren't seeking after their own will or their own iniquities or their own desires. I'm speaking to the, the dedicated saints that haven't given up their position, who stand through the power of the cross in their histeme, representing the Father in their prayer, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm talking to you. You have to make sure you do the things that keep you strong. But more than that, that keep you functional in the kingdom. I don't, it doesn't matter to me what, the moment you say, well, I'd like to do this, but, you know, I think that once you give the enemy that foothold, you're going to have a dickens of a time getting out of it. Now I'm going to start meddling here, so put your buckle your seatbelt. I've seen people over the years who surrendered to urgencies and emergencies, and they became committed to those things at, at the expense of what their walk as a saint was. And I watched as... Without being critical or judgmental, I've got to be careful of that because I don't want judgment coming against me. It's too easily found wherever I look. Whatever you don't defeat is going to defeat you. And I can understand in the heat of the moment taking care of something, but if that becomes your excuse for years to not participate with the saints, in, in, in uh, not assembling yourselves You've just, you've bought a timeshare in hell. You, God has no pleasure in those who, who put their hand to the plow and turn back. Why would they turn back? Luther, we got a problem here in the barn. You better come. <laughs> you've got to plow that field. You've got to watch over it. The Father has put you in in charge. No matter what's going on, you've got to remain faithful, first of all, as an intercessor, because that's your lifeblood before the Father. It's your strength. Pray in diversities of tongues, building up your most holy faith. That and not seeking the word. Or going after some other thing or listening to iniquity. You know, I knew people who would talk about the enemy coming against them for years. And after a few years, knowing them like I did as their pastor, I could see that what he was coming after was iniquity that they were coddling. Vulnerabilities and offense and jealousies that they were coddling, and that's exactly where the enemy came, every time. Pretty soon, their shields were down to 5%, and they just gave up. So, when Antichrist, when which is active everywhere right now, good grief, stop thinking about who it's going to be and prognosticating for a name John said Antichrist was already with them and there were many Antichrists this spirit is, is around and it's gained prominence in these past couple of years so many people in their delusion are embracing it and they're coming against Christians in general but the heart of it is they're coming against the saints and prophets that the scripture says are going to be their main opponents in the time of the end. So don't allow yourself to become worn out. And I think that the way into wearing out is you forget that if we're believing for a breakthrough, if we're believing that the Ancient of Days has given us the kingdom, if we're believing that a great window is going to open And the opposition to it is coming right now and has been coming. If you forget what you're fighting for, the good fight of faith, you've lost your main ballast. Wear out the saints. What about changing times and laws? We're going to spend more time on changing times. This, this is not some back-to-the-future thing where the enemy can go back in time and start knocking people off. That's a fantasy. That's a sci-fi. God's in charge of the times. He's not going to let the enemy meddle with it. Um, let's talk first about the laws briefly. How could this being, this person, change the laws See any laws changed in our country in the past couple of years? Do you like them? Do you see any executive actions that bypass the laws of Congress recently? How about that? See any laws about what your kids can and can't be taught trying to be passed in many states? see any laws being passed about um, I won't keep going you know where I'm what I'm talking about here as uh, the governor of Virginia found out that the past the previous administration in Virginia had married themselves to whatever California did and they discovered that They were bound by law to be doing whatever California came up with. California's desire that there won't be any gas-powered vehicles sold. What was it? That that they basically would be a, a dinosaur by 2035. Virginia, that law was there. And so they vowed to change that law back. Listen, it's easy to change the laws. I didn't think it would be in the good old U.S. of A., but... My goodness, this current administration's got all kinds of things going on. Yeah, we guard our borders. No, we're going to change that law. Oh, but the border's not open. Yes, but people are walking across. No, they're not, says the government. Did you hear that exchange last week? Laws can be changed. The very things that we thought, you know, there's talk about, Revising the Constitution, because of course we know that those were all done by misogynists, racists, and any other kind of is that you want to throw out today. Don't, don't trust too much the Uncle Sam that you used to think you knew. It's easy to change laws, and once we become part of the one world, the new world order which uh, George the Elder first started talking about. I'm not trying to speak about some kind of conspiracy theory. Open your eyes. Listen. It's it's on the news. It's everywhere. You, you don't think the world moved in lockstep during the COVID thing? Really? Um, so many signs that are spoken of in the book of Revelation are happening many of the plagues that are there some of them could be things that uh, are divinely oriented but I think it'd be better to say divinely permitted this whole COVID thing came out of man's desire to manipulate viruses and They did a pretty good job of it. And the resilience of this thing is nuts. Do you know there are worse things than that that are in facilities all over the world? This is not conspiracy. This is just matters of fact. Maybe you don't see them when you're watching NBC eating your cornflakes in the morning. But they're there. They were real concerned recently even in Biden's administration, someone who was in the know publicly stated, "We're concerned about some viral research that's being that has been being done in in Ukraine." And then, of course, they pulled that back and swept it under the but that was spoken. It was said. This is happening in lots of places. and it, it, it the Chinese, of course, would love to weaponize it. The Russians would too. And even our own country in its history, we we weaponized viruses. We did. We did. Bad people did bad things. Read about the history of the West when we sent blankets to the Indian tribes that we knew were infested by smallpox. Read about that sometime. And it's not just the white man. Every society has done despicable things. Human beings of all colors don't need a whole lot of encouragement to do bad things. So, laws. I think we can see that that's happening even now. It's happening even now. But what about the times? And this, you know, I've spent almost 50 minutes talking about everything else, but this was the main thing. This word, this particular word, don't separate it into other places, but this particular word, times, is also used in Daniel 2.16. And um, there it is when uh, the king has come to Daniel And um, wanted him to interpret a dream. Verse 16, Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time. That he would show the king the interpretation. What was Daniel asking for? This was not a specific length. This was Daniel saying, look, I've got to go to my friend's first, and then I'm going to invite them to pray, but I know I've got to pray, and I've got to wait on the Lord for an answer here. So it was a divine process that Daniel was asking for. It wasn't a month. It wasn't a year. It wasn't any other length of time. So this same word changed the times. I think the enemy has regularly been trying to do that with the saints. We talk about seasons. We talk about things that, you know, the, 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 the four factors of, of uh, voice thunders, lightnings, earthquakes, and the hand of God, and you, you have seasons. Everything in life has a season. To everything, Ecclesiastes says, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Everything has a season. And we know winter, long winter, spring, summer, fall, that's the season. I think that in our overall walk as saints, we're about to enter into a time of harvest like we've never known. It's breakthrough. It's the former and latter rain coming, plowman overtaking reaper. Do we recognize that? Do you think the enemy wants to change that season? That that embracing of the timing of the Lord? Well, of course he does. Do you think there's any reason right now why, why so many saints, so many churches, so many people, right before we're coming into this seminar called Atonement, where we're talking about breakthrough and praying, to enter into what God has next, these assignments, these attacks coming, trying to wear us out, trying to make us miserable, trying to make us want to give up? Why? Well, the enemy wants to wear you out, but why? To take you out? Yes, but why? Beyond the fact that you're a key component in the army of the Lord. To change the times. To change the appointed moment that God has ordained for completion, you know this morning early, as I was studying and praying, I, I was looking at this, and I never really considered it this way before. To change the times mostly is to try to first of all come against what God has ordained, okay? But secondly, to come against those who God has chosen to partner with him for the release of his kingdom. And and in all of our lives, there are times and seasons that are commensurate with what we're called to do that are then growing into the times and seasons that God is doing on a global stage and and, 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 and on a, a universal stage, but then also in what God has said for eternity what are his times so those three factors are there and the enemy wants to change those and the only way that he can change them with you is to to convince you to forget about what God has said that's as old as the garden of Eden hath God said have you forgotten have you given up you know i've mentioned this many times but i'm learning you know i'm on a very dedicated workout routine to strengthen an area in my 65 year old body that started to give me trouble and i recognize that the way to eliminate that weak area is to stay strong if you stop doing the things that God has said you need to do to remain strong and functional, you will become weak and challenges will arise that you have no answer for. Who is that great mountain? You will become a plain with shoutings of grace, grace, the fulfillment of grace. Grace that intimacy of the, uh, the, the goal of grace. And whatever whose hands began the work are going to finish it if they stay faithful. So we must recognize that our enemy in this time, as an Antichrist, is going to try to wear out the saints. Write it down. Underline it. I don't underline my Bible. Some of you do. Do whatever you do. Highlight it on your Bible program. It's not a matter of if. You're not going to bind and rebuke this away. You cannot bind and rebuke what the Scripture says is going to happen. Note that. What you do is you recognize the tactic and you gird up for war, and you be faithful in the fight of faith. Be faithful to the Lord. How do you come against the Antichrist spirit? Be Christ-like, truly Christ-like. How do you battle against the the attempt to change the times? You recognize the times, as Issachar did. You understand them, what's going on, and you you keep that ever before your eyes. The one that would do the changing is you. You understand that? God's not going to change. The enemy can try it a month of Sundays. He's not going to change God. But if he can get you to abandon the times that God has given you, then, bless God, for you, the times have changed. Laws not a whole lot we can do about that other than to pray and be faithful and know that our God is going to provide. I don't like what I see, but I have understood that, uh, as Assisi said, God, God give me, not Sisi, but Assisi. <laughs> St. Francis of Assisi. We've got to recognize the things that we can change and the things we can't change and the, and the wisdom to know the difference. Do I like things that I see going on in in government? No. Do I like how sin and evil are being proclaimed as good and right? Do I like the righteous being mocked because they stand for the word of God? No, I don't like that. But am I going to let that frustration provoke me to do some ridiculous thing or to abandon my calling in the Lord or to complain to God? No. Buck it up, saints. That'd be a good title for this sermon. I just said September because this is a month where we're focusing on breakthrough. Our seminar is coming up. Have you registered yet online on our website? Do so, especially those of you who are not going to be able to be here in person. We need you to register. We also need you to be in prayer. Many are in the valley of decision right now about how they're going to participate with this gathering. Every gathering we've had has been important, not only here, but in so many other places around the world. This one is momentous in the timing of the Lord. Make plans to be a part of it. And this coming Saturday, first Saturday, Around the world, the saints are going to be gathering to pray at different times of the day. The directive should be going out very soon, if you've not already received it. We're going to be praying about this. We're going to be praying for our brothers and sisters, that they would be strengthened and encouraged. And we, in our praying for them, are going to be strengthened and encouraged ourselves. So, let's be, let's be faithful And let's not fail in the mission that God has so graciously and lovingly given us. Remember, you were created to live in this time. God gave you the gift of life and the gift of an opportunity to serve him at this time. Crucial moment. In all of history, I believe a fulcrum moment for the end time. Let's be faithful. Our work is not in vain. Be strong and of good courage. So remember, the Ancient of Days has given the saints the kingdom. Remember, there are things going on all around us that God has prophesied. Don't be overwhelmed by them. Remember that you need to stand against this Antichrist Belial influence and remain strong. Yes, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers you out of them all. Don't try to deliver yourself. That is absolute lunacy and a prescription for defeat. Stay the course. Stand strong in God. He will be with you. When you feel weak... That's when his strength comes. That's what the Apostle Paul said. His strength is made perfect in weakness and his glory is shown in the midst of that. Remember that. Don't give up. Don't let the enemy change your times. Your partnership, where God has you in his progression of his timetable. What has God said is coming? The breakthrough, the harvest immediately ahead. I don't know a time frame. Only the Father knows that. But immediately ahead means that. Why are so many things coming against us right now? Well, we just talked about it for an hour. Get Let that mind be in you. Let that mind be in you. And trust the Lord and serve him while we have our life. God bless you all. I'm grateful that you tuned in today. And um, I pray for you. Let's pray together this Saturday. Be strong. God is with you. Till this weekend. God bless. We'll see you again on Sunday and next week on this Wednesday night live broadcast. God bless you. Goodbye.